0: Pastor Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies gear and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. today's episode Josh and I kick off a new series for 2021. We're basically covering all these things people have been asking that we didn't get to last year. today we're going to start with a really fundamental one which is clothing. so going through the strategies for how you gear up and how you layer, what brands work and the experiences that you've had with some of those gear.
1: Hey Baxter. <laughs> hey Josh.
0: I don't I don't even try anymore. I'm just like, oh, he's gonna give me.
1: I was editing <laughs> the episodes today and it was just it was just funny me doing that every time. So I was like, I gotta change it up a little bit. Yeah, oh well. <laughs> just another one Good, right. Yeah. Um, well today will be cool
0: because this is this is a podcast we've been working on for like years. <laughs> you two years, three years, probably longer because of backpacking me for a long time. Because uh, I've been all about clothing for outdoor activities for a while. So this is a foundational episode for guys that are getting into alcohol or just looking to perfect their setup. Oh my
1: gosh. This one, this one was about clothing is interesting. Cause like, it, it's like, ah, oh, it's just clothes, right? No, <laughs> it goes yeah, not at like, all. that's what I thought originally when I got into it, I was like, Oh, okay. Just get a jacket, get, make sure stay warm, maybe some waterproof. I don't know. But mm-hmm. then after you started breaking stuff down for me and then me trying the stuff out, it's, it's huge what level of comfort and difference it makes.
0: Yeah. I would say we've always talked about what's the most important thing to put money against. And I'll always still say boot, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I would say clothing is there. It's one of the top three for sure. I'd probably go decent clothing over a better bow Uh, because you know, even a budget bow is going to shoot pretty darn well and be pretty fast days. And if you are, you know, if you're cold, tired, hungry, wet, you know, you're, doesn't matter how perfect your setup is; it's gonna it work. So it's not super exciting. I mean, some of the companies have made it more exciting these days, but it's really you know, with your core survival gear, backpacking and your bow. It's really the one of the three things that are most
1: key for your your successful elk hunt. Yeah, and so for clothing, Baxter, what is your strategy? I know you got a strategy for everything. Yeah, well, I think there are
0: really two there's two big questions when guys are building out clothing and again, I bet there's a lot of skeptical guys here, but you can spend a lot of money at least a lot of money. Trust me. I've done it on buying clothes that don't work together. Well, right. The foundational foundational thing of all clothing these days is, is a layering system, right? You can't just buy one upper body you know, jacket or shirt. you got to have one or two layers, right? Same with the lower body and your accessories, all these things. And so, the, you know, the two questions I always guide guys to is one, are you just trying to get the best possible setup early season elk hunting? If you're bow hunting, or are you trying to get gear that works most of the year? Cause those are two really, really big trade-offs. And you're not going to be, you know, if you're getting stuff that works in September and stuff that works in October and November, you're not going to be super happy in either, but it's okay. You have to know that. Um, then the other one um, is going to be around, uh,
1: Choke, I'm trying to remember here. All around, like like uh what was it? either very, very specific, like clothing optimized for just September elk hunting. Yeah, or, we did that one and then oh, the rain gear. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll start and go. And the other one is gonna be whether
0: you invest in rain gear. And I've got a really strong point of view in that, but rain gear is incredibly expensive and very uh it's basically to influence everything. Because if you have rain gear, you're going to have a very different type of insulation. Because uh, you know you can stay dry. So those are the two big ones. And maybe we break them down and go through each. uh, Just do the rain gear right off the bat, because that that I've got more of a clear answer to, especially for September elk hunters. And you know, no no spoiler alert here. I think guys have heard this before, but I really don't think most guys should be taking rain gear elk hunting uh, for a lot of reasons. Right? One, it's incredibly expensive. So if you have any sort of decent breathable rain gear. Um, It's going to be thousands, thousands of dollars for the three things you need. You're going to need a jacket. You're going to need the pants and you're going to need a backpack layer, right? If you don't have any of those, a lot of guys try to just go with a top, basically useless because water will run off, soak your pants, all your gear will get wet in the backpack. If you're going to go rain gear, you have to do all three. So it's why are you bringing just the top, right? Um, So that's a really big thing is that it's it's bulky and it is heavy. I mean, it is really bulky and heavy. It's it's four or five pounds, right? Which if we are doing it right, should be your tent and your sleeping bag together. So you're doubling your core gear weight just by going with rain gear. Um, and then you know, the third thing too is that uh, rain gear, we've seen a lot of revolutions in the membranes that are out there. A lot of uh, people got more breathable membranes than Gore-Tex. I'm just going to talk brands. It's worth noting right now, we're not sponsored by anybody. So, fortunately, we can say whatever we want about this. Um, don't get me wrong if I talk bad about a brand or something like they can be great in a year, right? Like, it's I'm not putting anyone down forever. It's just what's on the market right now. But Gore Tex is phenomenal. Its its whole purpose is to be completely and utterly roof and dependable, which is what you need. There's other competitors that have come along and claimed that they can get more breathable stuff that allows you to work out. That's complete bogus. I've never met a breathable layer in my life that will let you work out while you uh, you stay waterproof. And it even if it did, it doesn't really matter because you build up so much moisture in your body, they're going to get wet anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm ever active in the wet, I'm just wearing something that insulates while it's wet. So rant over there. But those are kind of three points around why I know rain gear. And I think you and a lot of guys, the first time they hear that, they freak out. They go, like, oh, man, but I'm going to be up there and I can't. What happens if it rains or... but you just uh, use the tent fly, you get under that thing, you set up your tent, you do whatever it is. That time of year, you're really not going to get like two or three day long rainstorms, maybe an hour or two. But I mean, how did that pan out for you this year with the, the rain gear?
1: Oh, yeah, I was definitely nervous. Yeah, I was definitely <laughs> nervous about that. And when I first heard you say that, I was like, because, oh, well, me personally, I hate the rain. Like, I, I just, mm. I don't like the rain hitting me anyway at any time like even if i'm gonna go to my car and it's raining i run i sprint to the car and get in as fast as possible because i just hate it to know. so i when i heard that i was really skeptical and hesitant but uh so i brought a windbreaker i just kept it in the car mm-hmm. but i never used it this whole season and i got caught in hail but it went away pretty quick like you said and i, I just yep. my tent right away um yep. not hunting in the hail and uh yeah, or there's—it's actually surprising in some areas how thick it is you, that you can actually mm-hmm. just sit under something and like yeah, not totally really dry. get touched unless it's just pouring. And last season yeah. didn't really pour at all. So yeah, yeah. It, I it mean totally that's a whole month,
0: down. right? It's A whole month, right? You're there, and it's—he didn't really have any of those situations. And you can—I still bring rain gear. I'll throw it in the truck. Mm-hmm. You know who knows? Every fifth year you might have a two or three day long rainstorm, and you've got a five day, and you just want to do it, but. Yeah. That's so rare. It's so, so rare. And I just wouldn't, I wouldn't plan gear around gear cause it's used so infrequently. And even if it does rain, that's the other thing to bring up. You, know, I didn't get to this, this uh, finding like through logic, this is from 30 years of backpacking. And every time I ever took rain gear, I'm like, why, why am I bringing this? Right. Um, it's when you, these places, high altitude, Idaho, Colorado are so dry. You very, I would never give someone this advice for Alaska. I would never give someone this advice. For Canada Oregon, Washington disregard what I'm saying in the really wet areas like Roosevelt's don't listen, (laughs) but (laughs) traditional Rocky mountain elk, it's going to, even if it gets wet, it's going to dry out within six to eight hours, Mm -hmm. right? It's really dry. so It's not a problem um, to do that. But I mean, the reason that's important, we could kind of beat that horse for a while and guys can always reach out if they still don't believe me. But uh, is that if you, if you have rain gear There's basically materials that insulate when wet and there's materials that insulate when wet. So things that don't insulate when wet, you know, goose down, cotton. I would never advocate for that anyway, but, um, some uh, forms of Merino really don't dry well. Um, so you would, you'd be more comfortable using those with rain gear. You could bring those with rain gear, right? Because you're, you're ready for it. But if you don't have rain gear, you have to plan your layers around being more windproof because you're not going to have a layer block the wind, like a, a rain shell, and that they can always insulate when you're wet. Like that's a you know sa- a safe survival thing. Mm-hmm. So before, guys, the whole reason we're going on this little diatribe off the side is that before you start investing in a system, you really have to make that decision because if you buy something that works well under a rain shell, it's not going to work well outside of it as your mm-hmm. standalone layer. Just fundamentally won't, right? Uh, so that's that's kind of where I start, and I've I've generally optimized for no rain gear because. You can always throw it over the top and it'll still work. I mean, it won't be as light and easy, but it, the other way around doesn't really work where you have mm-hmm. stuff that goes under it, so then it gets wet and you have no insulation.
1: Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time we went turkey hunting and I was going to go hike up at night to go meet you. Do, do you remember this story? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> and I had, my, I had my down jacket underneath and then a, mm. a rain jacket on the outside, just a normal one because it was cold. And I yep. was just hiking in the dark to go meet Baxter like two miles in by myself. And this first time I was hiking in the dark, I was so scared and I was sprinting up this mountain. And when I got to the top, my down jacket inside was completely soaked to the core. Yeah. And completely it was useless. It was, yeah. useless. it was, it was heavy and I was a dead weight for the next like two days that we hunted. <laughs> yeah. They literally don't dry out. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's gone when it's gone. It was done.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's so true. And it just, I would to be careful with that stuff. Cause you know, fortunately most of the hunting, if you're four or five miles away from the truck, you're not that far, but you could get in a bad situation, break a leg. And you got that as your installations. Oh my it's gosh. It's important. But yeah. yeah. So using, barring that again, so many disclaimers, you get so many angry people that say like, Hey, this is totally bogus for November rifle hunting. I'm like, yes, it absolutely is. But you know, that's for, early season archery hunting, barring that, there's decisions you need to make around what gear you're going to buy that could or could not work in shoulder seasons. And maybe we start with pants and I'll just uh, use Sitka as an example because I've used a lot of their different layers. They've got
1: Wait, real quick. Apex. Uh, What's that? Yeah. Real going. quick, um, there's the topic of merino versus synthetic. You touched on it a little uh, bit. Yeah, We should but, get into that
0: before we yeah, yeah,
1: Before we dive in so people can kind of pick a lane. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a little history on that. The merino stuff kind of, "Quote unquote" revolutionized a lot of skiing and outdoor activities in like the '90s and 2000s, and then in the near 2010 time frame, Sitka came around, and then First Lights and Kuyu, and First Lights whole thing on Merino, and then a lot of the competitors as they do copy Europe, bring it out too. Not really copying; I mean, everyone's done all this stuff, right? Um, and so there's a big push. There was a big push on Merino. Uh, I have I'm a big synthetic fan for a lot of reasons for early season elk hunting. Uh, One is that the most important thing is how fast stuff dries out, like we talked about. This is why, again, you've got to decide, do you want the rain layer or not? Um, Synthetic will almost always dry out so much faster than merino. And that, yes, everyone's like, well, merino insulates when it's wet. And I'm like, yes, everything that's wet, even if it's synthetic or merino, only insulates 50, 60% as well. So you're still going to be miserable and cold, right? No matter what. It's not like it stays 100% insulated when it's wet. It just loses all that effectiveness. It doesn't go to zero, like down. It just gets you know, middling compromised. So that's one thing about Merino that's a real pain. It doesn't dry, right? Two, it's heavy compared to synthetic. You know, when you're backpacking and taking the approach we like to take, you're looking at a pound or two more for a, a base and mid-layer um, that, that works. And then three, is it just isn't durable, yeah, I've got a lot of Merino things. I do, we'll talk about the exceptions of my Merino general policy, which is underwear and socks, basically anything that stinks. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, you're going to wash it and it's, they've gotten a lot better at this by mixing in some synthetic and some nylon. And it also helps dry a little faster, but it's still, if you're using it heavily, which for some guys might not doctor, you might go elk cutting once a year, but uh, it wears out pretty quick. And you have to treat it fair. You have to wash it on delicate. You have to hang dry it. It's, it's a finicky material. Um, so I'm not a huge you know, fan. Merino does have its ups, right? It's odor resistant like crazy. We've talked about the gnarly facts of wearing underwear for six days and they smell fine. Like <laughs> that's why I use Merino underwear. It's unbelievable. So that's really cool. But as we've talked about in the past, you guys can listen to those other episodes. It doesn't matter what you smell like elk hunting because 10 minutes in, you're already sweating. You just need to be downwind. So that it doesn't matter at all. Um, it also... Uh, you know, it's, it's much warmer. Uh, subjectively, it feels much warmer, And a synthetic does max out at a certain temperature. Like you just can't add more synthetic past a certain level. So really cold weather hunts, it hunts where you're, you know, the two things between synthetic and water, is it going to be dry? And are you going to be active, right? Water from the environment, water from you. And if the answer is wet on either of those, go synthetic. If the answer is dry on both of those, go Merino. Mm. So if you're November, December deer stand hunt, where you're not really going to be that active and you're just going to be sitting there, Merino's amazing. So oh. warm, right, for its weight. And it's just this buttery soft. You feel warm, right? Even, something about it. So I do love Merino for those applications. But for, again, September elk hunting, you're hiking your butt off, you're working, you're going to soak anything And you Mm -hmm. do not want that thing to stay wet overnight. You want it to be able to dry out even as the humidity and the temperature drops overnight, which synthetic will do. But merino sometimes, or usually won't. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worn merino base layers and that's just, I'm not a fan. Gotcha.
1: And I think for some people, there's your synthetic merino. (laughs) (laughs) For some people, merino could be a little itchy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like for me, some merino things are itchy. Some aren't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mix it up a little bit. Um, yeah, but the yeah. reason
0: you see the popularity of that stuff too for guys that are like they like I get so much pushback on this one because there's a massive marketing machine for Merino. You just have to think about the sports. You know, if you're skiing, you're gonna be dry inside a waterproof shell, right? And even though there's activity it's gonna vent, at the end of the day, you go home and wash your gear, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to dry it out in a t- you know for backpacking most backpackers aren't doing what elk Cunning do up high in the fall right there's all these activities you'll notice they just don't have the same demands of elk hunting so this is a very elk
1: hunting in september's perspective right right yeah cool so, so then pants
0: yeah so just to you know to illustrate the gear you know buying something specific for a point time and then something that's you know going to work all year round i think a really good example of this would be Sitka pants. Um, and every company's got their basically comparable things, but I'll just stick with that because I know the name's off the top of my head. But for example, I run their Apex pants, which are a very September-specific pant. And so guys so well, what's a September-specific pant? It's one, it's really, really breathable, right? You're not going to get high um, And there's breathability, warmth, and dry time are kind of the three things you have to always manage in layers. You can't have all three. You kind of have to pick two of those three. Uh, and so incredibly breathable, which is great because you're sweating and working a lot. They're going to, you know, you're not going to get swamp swamp or anything. <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. you're just going to keep walking. It's going to feel great. They're part wool, part, uh, synthetic. And so they're so stinking quiet, right? They don't mm-hmm. like if you're an archery and you're 50 yard something, you can brush those against a bush and they make no noise. Um, and then two or three, they're really lightweight. You know, they're not a thick, durable material. They're, meant to go up and down hills, save you, save you weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the upside of those is going to be the right temperature all the time. They're going to be quiet and they're going to be um, incredibly lightweight and easy to use. Now, all three of those things have huge drawbacks. They're not as durable. So they're going to tear. I mean, those they are three or four season pants for me. They, you rip them on the boots oh, wow. They're You tag a tree and it tears, ash them two or three times, right? Um, they're Like I said, if there's any wind, they're stinking cold. And then if there's, you know, like eight wise, they're just not going to last. So one pair, the opposite end of Sitka spectrum is the, I think it's the jet stream pants or the, I'll have to look at it. Um, it's the, it has cortex on the butt and the knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my wife actually wears that and they, they call that a, uh, a late season pants. It's designed to be able to sit down or kneel in snow or wet water and not get your pants soaked. Right. So it's designed specifically for it, but she'll actually use that in September because she runs a little cold. Uh, and so the different, you know, much heavier pan. I mean, you're adding almost a pound of weight to that. If I remember correctly, like you pick it up, it's heavy, right. Um, it's not that breathable. You know, if she's really working out. It's, it's humid in those things and get really sweaty. Um, and then the final one is they're a little bit loud. You, know, you brush them against some some brush or you're not sneaking through a bush at 50 yards of things. They're going to make kind of a Kevlar or Gore-Tex on, on brush kind of noise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the close relative of those, the mountain pants, and I've worn those for a September season. So I've done all, well, I've worn four or five different pairs of pants kind of what I like, but she can wear those things in December, put a nice warm layer on them. They're going to last forever. She still doesn't have any tears in them. They're three, four years old at this point. Uh, and they're, you know, just a really durable pair of pants to use year round. So she's going to for a little bit in September, but it's going to work, right? Um, so if you're for guys that are deciding how to drop money and what they want to do with pants, I think figuring that out with the rainwear and the Merino versus synthetic question, if you kind of get those down, you're really, it's easy for you to buy the right gear. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And how did you had, uh, you had some of the Kuyu pants or guide pan, I believe.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually I think I had the attack pants attack pants because there, that was like their general pants on which ones, uh, like to cover like the Mm -hmm. most seasons. I think I like them. I mean, I, I don't, and it feels like it totally feels like it's like kind of a general pant to cover most things. Mm -hmm. Not really specialized. Uh, they were warm. I mean, I, I don't, my legs don't generally get too cold. What I like about them is they're decently durable. Yeah. Um, they are a little heavy, but, uh, and I like the vents on the side. Little, yes. Nice yeah. Little that's featured. one thing that
0: Kuyu and first light have sick of just beat at is the vents. Cause you can wear a heavier pair of pants and unzip them and get away with more, mm-hmm. uh, with those, which is really the ability to zip and layer are two things that really change the game for mountain hunting. Cause you're hot one second freezing the next. So there, yeah, I do. If I'm picking cherry picking pieces from different companies, I'd probably go for those two folks for the pants. Yeah, they're really cool.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, no complaints. I had bought another pair before uh, that had knee pads on them, but those are just a little too heavy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do like that you can select the inseam because I'm like skinny, Mm -hmm. but I'm really tall. So for me, fit, it it had a good fit.
0: Yeah, and it comes down to little things like that. Kuyu also only does even sizes, I believe, on all pants 30, 32, 34. I think so. Um, and that was one of the, that I loved about sit cause I have, I'm like a 31, right? So oh.
1: <laughs>
0: I know it's anal, but if you got, if you have that perfect fit, I don't even really need to wear a belt with backpacks. You know, it doesn't even push the pants down. They're just
1: perfect. Oh, you know um, what? That is one thing bad about Mike. Cause I'm so skinny. I do need a mm-hmm. belt. Like it fits long wise and like the inseam. Mm-hmm. So it's not like super tight, but like the belt, the waist is a little bit too loose. So I do have to yeah. wear a belt with it is laugh and
0: that sounds super picky but man give me a shout after three days of backpacking and you got this massive rash where your belt's on your yeah, you know, your hip bone and you oh, yeah hating yeah. your life yeah. um so it's I there's little that things time. like that, that you learn after years and years of doing the backpacking thing that you like or you don't like um that you just learn to tweak right
1: yeah i get that every time actually yeah yeah, yeah. i might have to switch pants in a few years or something or when yeah
0: out. there's, there's different belts you can with and that sort of thing but so maybe what we keep, just give guys a good idea of like general layering for bottom and upper body. And then we can go into other stuff, um, mm-hmm. other parts of Excel. But I mean, I think we both have ranted and raved about how much we, the, I'm usually not a big Kuyu but a booster, but the zip off Kuyu fleece, uh, have just been unbelievable because it's the problem with lower bodies. it's really impossible to layer, right? You can't, to put something on and take it off like you would with a jacket is difficult because you've got your boots. You, can, so you don't want to take your boots off and put them back on. It just takes too much time. So you know, the these have zips down the side of them. So you can just drop your pants, dip them on or off and pull your pants back up, which basically enabled us me for the first time to ever layer, which is amazing. I absolutely love that. Yeah.
1: Dude, really cool. huge, huge, <laughs> like everything you just said. I, those things are sweet. I was just telling you before we were recording, hit record that i i it was cold here and i used them the other night just so comfortable at <laughs> so home great. so warm they're extremely light um mm-hmm. yeah might those be my favorite changed, of clothing yeah
0: those have changed how i hunt i mean they've changed a lot for me because i don't the first thing i'll do when i get to my camp at night is zip those in i'll sleep in them which feels so much better than this uh than the stinking sleeping bag on your you know skin
1: oh my god and you yeah. feel a
0: little warmer then I'll wake up and I'll put my pants on cause I'm not worried about overheating. Cause the second I do, I just take them off. Mm-hmm. So it's really uh, so much comfort to my day. And that's one of the few things I'm like that thing, that brand name, like buy it. <laughs> it's, and I think first like cop, not copy. I keep saying that I'm not going to be mean. Everybody could, sure, certainly go look at Arc'teryx and look at a lot of Kuyu stuff and you'll see the exact same design <laughs> cues and a lot of them. But, uh, First light with their version last year, so they've got them. I don't think Sitka has them yet. So, but the the one is unbelievably light and fleece. I don't think anyone else is doing a light fleece one like that. So that's my that's my go to.
1: Yeah, and actually uh, a quick thing on that before we we we've been talking we talk about these uh, these long johns so many times. But uh, that uh, uh, feature you mentioned about or like benefit about like in the sleeping bag that's actually something that so underrated like i hate sleeping in a sleeping bag when my legs are like sticky and it's yep. all sweaty in there like yeah. oh my gosh it ruins it's my horrible. sleep so having that layer it's just so cozy <laughs> so much yeah I'm warmer and yeah. it also
0: helps when you're you know it's 20 degrees and you pop out of your sleeping bag to get in your clothes first thing in the morning before oh, dark yeah. it makes yeah. it just that much easier because you don't have cold air on your skin uh which sounds like a small thing but if it helps you get five minutes get up five minutes earlier that's I could be the difference between it or not. Seriously. Um, so that's, that's changed. I mean, up until two years ago, I would have told you, I just wear pants and I suffer through it. Like I don't, I don't layer. I don't deal with anything. Um, so those are, that's kind of how I layer on the, it's really cool. But you, know, I think the top is where that's the thing guys get really hung up on. I'm like, what kind of layer do I need? And what's the, the thing? And I think the right way to think about the top and the way and it's, I say, right. And this right for me and like all things, but, Tested pretty much everything on my own dime for years and kind of have strong points as to why I'm ending up here so we can talk about that. But I think there's really three layers that you need, um, especially for September because it's such variable temperatures. You need one, which is a total coverage base layer, so a long sleeve base layer because you're not going to pack sunblock with you, so you're wasting your life. <laughs> like That's a lot of weight. Um, so a total total coverage base layer that is incredibly breathable. Uh, and dries incredibly fast because I'd say I don't know, back me up or not on this, Josh. I'd say like fifty percent of your time during the day is hiking steep stuff, sweating like a pig.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: <laughs> at least right. And so that's the way, layer you're going to wear all the time. Should be super comfortable. You know, and I, I talk about do you buy camo or do you not to save money? That's one you should have in camo because that's high odds you're going to be wearing that when something walks in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one. And for me, the Sitka synthetic one um, that had integrated hoodie. We've, again, we we've talked that one up because I love the hoodie because you can basically use it as sunblock or a face mask really quickly instead of digging in a pocket or neck where it gets hot and sweaty. Just kind of a nice little addition there. So that's the base layer. The mid-layer, uh, and you know, this is where those three principles we talk about optimizing comes in. The mid-layer to me is something that's add warmth. So when you're, for times you're moving slow or it's a really cold day, um, those two situations is actually spend a good amount of time doing that in the morning and the evening. You know, probably 20% of your time, at least. Uh, You kind of need a layer that's in between warmth. So a mid layer. For me, you really, really want to optimize uh, for breathability. Because most annoying thing is when you're constantly switching between your little base layer and that mid layer, you're a little too hot with one, a little too, too cold with the other. I mean, it's like a live-in mid-layer, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get something that's wind-resistant, you're just going to be sweating, and it's just brutal, right? So highly breathable adds a little warmth. And uh, I think you got something like that, right?
1: Yeah, I have the uh, – oh, man, I don't remember exactly what it's called. It, it's from QU. It's a mid-layer. It doesn't have a hood on it, so I don't want yeah. like, two hoods. And then it is breathable. Like, it's uh, paneled almost. Like the mm-hmm. top part of it is slightly weather resistant. And then the bottom part of it is a way more breathable. Kind of, yeah. That fleece yeah. kind of like material. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's of the layers. This could definitely be one that you could go without camo on because if you're wearing it, you're moving slow and kind of being stealthy already. Not that camo saves you from doing stupid things, but, and you could also cover it up with your outer layer if you really care. It's, it's, it's one area you could fudge the lines, but most guys are just going to get a camo on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using the Kelvin Active, which is one of my all time favorites of clothing. I can wear that thing from like 65 to 25. Uh, it's got such a massive range of temperatures because it, um, it just it, the, the way that insulation basically, Polar Tech developed a, um, an insulation that was requested by the US Special Forces to be to put on and not have to take on or off because during a mission, you don't have time to layer. Hmm. right and they hate like you and me hate getting sweaty and nasty this is what they came back with and it's phenomenal um and the other thing that's amazing about is it's so breathable that's breathability is almost always correlated with how fast it dries but it literally i can wear it in a rainstorm and it'll steam off the rain as i'm wearing it dang you know unless it's literally downpouring i can that thing in a rainstorm and it just just evaporates because it's such a breathable garment amazing Mm-hmm. Um, but really bad thing to be wearing in the wind intentionally, right? Right. Um, so that's kind of my mid-layer. And then the outer layer, and this is where the rain really comes into play. Because if you're, if you're going to be bringing rainwear, you essentially need um, a fourth layer, right? Because the rainwear is the layer and you can get away with a down or a heavier thing that's going to work really well if you are not moving, right? Something that totally traps in air. Mm-hmm. And that's the basic prin- principle of insulation is that it stops airflow. It's not like something magically makes you warm. It just traps air that gets warm around you. Uh, so something like down, where it's not breathable at all, very little breathability, does a phenomenal job of insulating for its weight because it basically just kind of holds, you know, holds that air in. Um, so anyway, if you are not wearing doing the rainwear, which I'm assuming people aren't because we've you know tried it, a lot of people I know try it, I'll eventually go that route. You, you're gonna need an outside layer that's kind of a unicorn and not many companies make a good one. These days. I've, I've ranted about this a lot. It needs to be sick because it's got to be something that can insulate when wet. Merino for an outer, outer layer just isn't going to work. It's far too heavy and bulky. Um, so it's got to be synthetic. It's got to be pretty warm. It's got to be pretty light because this of all layers is right? And by light, I mean like, you know, under 20 ounces, right? 18 to 14 ounces, somewhere in that range, like a pound. Uh, and then it's got to be windproof. And not many people make that jacket because most people, they use synthetic stuff. Excuse me. Most people use synthetic stuff for wearing it as a mid layer, And that's how they treat it. And there's a lot of really bad, kind of compromise all around ones. Um, and I think one of my favorite pieces of gear from the last year was that slight uncompagre because what they did, they left it's still fairly, you know, it's decently brilliant breathable but it's very wind resistant because the entire outside of that thing is all hard face synthetic so it's a fantastic synthetic jack for just sitting still and that's really what that layer is it's for sitting at camp it's waiting for an elk to walk in if you're sitting a wallow or something it's it's your sit still and still be warm layer which is a really hard layer because it can get stinking cold out there right and you, you've dealt with that mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean you i mean how do you get pretty cold a few times this year Oh my, <laughs> I got, I got super cold when I got, I got a little wet and then it was hailing and I had to stay in my tent. And then that, that, that's the coldest it was when I my like socks were wet and I just couldn't dry them. Yeah. Um, but also towards the end of the season is when I got a little cold.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a hard layer to, to deal with. Um, just to find that not many companies, like I said, I've tried the Sitka Kelvin ones, but they all these breathable panels on the side that let wind in and Mm -hmm. kuyu has a few things but they're not just right um i mean it's a hard layer to find because i think everyone they want to sell you rain gear they want to make all that money Mm -hmm. off pushing the rain gear so
1: when i was out like when i was like if i was standing and like moving i was totally fine that uncompagre is like so legit but if i was like in my sleeping in my tent sitting there like then i got a little bit cold but
0: yeah Um, and it adds you know what happened all adds up right for guys that are really new to this that mid layer that was breathable, it didn't work in the wind now that you've got that outer layer that blocks wind over it man you've really got a lot of warmth for those three yeah. layers on right right um so it's you can really bundle up uh, it's pretty awesome mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of the general theory i have on layering but yeah a lot of that comes down to accessories and like being warm on other parts of your body we talked a little bit about socks and underwear, just because those are odor beaters. Those are phenomenal things to do. But what other what other little pieces did you use last year, Josh? That made the difference for you?
1: The beanie. Oh my gosh! I got a first light yeah. merino wool beanie, and wearing that at yep. night was oh it's so I I I, don't, I cannot believe that I spent so many years camping and backpacking without wearing a beanie at night to sleep in. It's just so yeah. so much so much warmer. I, I even wear Crazy. it now. Like yeah. I, I use it all the time. Like when I go sleep in my car on the weekend at the national park, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just put the beanie on. It's so warm.
0: Same. Yeah. I know. I, was, I did that a few years ago. And it's just like, wow, this is crazy. And I think it's fun. A lot of companies sell these really lightweight Merino and these really lightweight synthetic ones. And they're just useless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you're, if you're active enough that you can wear that thing, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not active, it's too cold, right? It's just like, Pointless, but you, that heavyweight Merino, which again, is a great, it's a great, uh, Merino is in this situation because you're not active when you're using it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so the Merino one is phenomenal. I got the, the Sitka, I think it's a cloud burst. It's the one that's, um, their wind membrane. I'm trying to remember the name of that. Wow. It looks looks kind of like a cap, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cap. It's very, very windproof. Uh, Mm -hmm. very warm. And that's, if I'm taking a beanie, I'm either taking that or nothing. Yeah. Cause it does actually insulate you and keep you really toasty. And I love that thing. I'll wear it again. I'll wear it first thing I, when I get into camp at night, wear it all night long and then, you know, wear it in the morning, take it off and put my hat back on Yeah, uh,
1: in the afternoon or late morning, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. and then one thing I haven't figured out still is gloves. Like the gloves mm-hmm. I, I have, I just don't like, I, well, one, cause I didn't practice shooting with them very much. So I, mm-hmm. I if anything, I only wore the right gloves sometimes Yeah, in my left hand, I just froze. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking this year, maybe get one of those, at least one of those merino wool, like liner gloves. I, I don't know yet actually about gloves, but my hands do get cold. Yeah. That's, that's definitely one that I've
0: struggled with too. And I honestly, I have never found a solution that I think is perfect. It's always a compromise. Um, I always try to not wear gloves just cause I shoot without gloves most of the year. And I'm, I know I'm more accurate. I've tested them, taking them on, put them on or putting taking them off, put them on, you know, and tried to learn to shoot in gloves for a month or two. And I just never get the same accuracy as bare hands. So you can just feel that uh, riser mm-hmm. so much better and know where your pressure points are. And so if I'm, especially if I'm going to shoot long range, I'm pulling gloves. So I don't really yeah. want to do that. So I just don't wear them. I Almost I think just you're cut right. a hole like where Yeah, <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my the best I've ever f- the best compromise I've ever found are those like lightweight merino ones because right, they're so okay. thin. They still give you a lot of dexterity. But problem with those is they're like zero waterproof. They're zero um, durability. Like you touch oh, yeah. a tree and it snags it, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Um and even with that, they still do affect your accuracy a little bit, right? Because they mess with your wrist release, they mess with your grip, they're just Mm-hmm. definitely if guys are going to wear gloves yeah just shoot in them beforehand i mean i've gone through probably three or four pairs of really expensive, and just never never loved them so um yeah so but you, i mean you could wear, wear them and you could wear and get close to elk and then you know, strip them off so it's there's a lot of ways you could deal with it but yeah yeah do
1: you wear gloves when you're out there through that what's that do you wear gloves when you're out there
0: no not at all
1: ever yeah, okay, yeah and i, I, I bring I them I ever... but
0: honestly if you've got a really good system where your head's warm, your bottom is warm, your top is warm, like your your hands will stay pretty warm. I think yeah. a lot of guys have cold hands and then they tell me they're just wearing pants, and they're not that warm. You know, they don't feel cold, but they're just not like warm. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Your body whenever it's even the slightest bit cold, even if it doesn't feel cold to you, it's going to pull blood away from your extremities. So Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's more about
1: for me getting everything else nice and toasty, and then I never really have a problem with the hands. Uh, interesting. I was probably a little cold anyway, and then my hands were extra cold, and yeah. also my aluminum right like aluminum bow makes yeah. it a little cold too, so that adds to the coldness. Yeah, that's the one. The one non-marketing
0: advantage of an aluminum or a carbon versus a aluminum bow is man, it's stinking cold when you touch the rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a few companies came out with like. Wraps around their aluminum ones. Like it took you twenty years to figure that out.
1: That's uh, funny. pretty funny. Um, yeah, but man, and now yeah, I now so I want to get I want to yep. get gloves. Cut the hole out of the left palm and then cut the <laughs> index finger off the right hand so <laughs> I can still feel the trigger. Still <laughs> go with it. Yeah, I mean you could just practice with them a ton,
0: right? Just see what's, what's going oh, on. Yeah, um, yeah, and we and I think the other thing too that I could want to talk to you for guys is that we both wear gear from all three companies. Oh yeah, you don't right. have to go matching. You know, it's there's a lot of the patterns; they all interchange, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, if you want to look like a Ad or a KUU ad or whatever, great. But I'll wear. I mean, I have the first light outer on the up on the the jacket. I've got KUU um, bottoms and then some gloves. I think I had Kuyu and then Sitka. I've got most other stuff. So you can kind of just mix and match, right? Really find the best stuff.
1: Yeah, same thing. I got a Sika base, Kuyu mid-layer, and then a, a first light outer layer, the Kuyu long johns, Kuyu pants, first light beanie. It's just all mixed up in there. Yeah, no, you it know. doesn't.
0: I mean, honestly, if you've got the green, the verde Kuyu pattern, you've got the subalpine alpine you've got the, <laughs> the whatever, aculature, or they call that, the first light one, they're all going to look, yeah, you can tell they're not, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, the patterns too, that's probably one last area to hit on for guys. Like
1: mm.
0: no pattern is going to save you um, from moving or doing something stupid. We've talked about that. The number one thing with elk is just not to move. They can look right at you if you're not moving, even with solids and they're not going to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I mean, I've had really good luck with the Sitka patterns, phenomenal luck with those. So I can speak to that, but I've had plenty of guys have the same luck with Kuyu and first light patterns. So I don't, I mean, I haven't ever heard of one that's like hands and feet above uh, others as far as the uh, ability.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then one thing you, you told me, uh, another little side note is like these companies first, like who you, I said, oh, should I get their tent or like their sleeping bag? Mm-hmm. And a good tip you said is actually you should buy that stuff from the companies that have been making it the longest, which is like backpacking companies, ultralight backpacking companies. So that's just yeah, a that's, random tip for the clothing companies.
0: Yeah. And we did a whole episode on boots too. And that's my big thing on boots is definitely go with a, you know, time tested boot company. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that gear, cause it's, they do... I mean, if you've been making it for 50 years versus five, like you're just better at it, right? Uh, No question. And also it's funny because they actually have a tax on hunting gear. And that's probably the last good thing for guys to know as they're starting off their 2021 search. Their gear here is, you'll find the same thing from a non-hunting company that's just as good quality. I mean, Sitka, let's put it this way. Arcteryx is probably one of the top five most expensive outdoor brands on the planet. Unbelievably expensive, but really good stuff. Love their stuff but you actually are going to find cheap Arcteric stuff. You will Sitka Kuyu stuff every now and then. It's mm. crazy. It's unbelievable. There's like a hunting tax on it, right? Where they, they charge more, which goes against what you'd think. But for a lot of things, if don't need to be camo, your base layers, your underwear, your long johns, even your mid layer, if you want to get away with it, a lot of guys don't wear camo pants. I know a lot of guys wear the Prana Zions, just in like a mud color. or a, You know, Yeah, I I think that I'd be comfortable hunting with no camo on the bottom because 90% of the time, I can't see that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you can get away with a much cheaper uh, article of clothing that's even better quality than, than some of the hunting
1: brands. Yeah. what yeah, are This some is why that, we're not sponsored because we're we can't stuff like this, but. Yeah, we, we make no money yeah. off of any of our advice, but, uh, <laughs> what other, uh, outdoor, I mean, since you've been backpacking 20 plus years, what other brands for outdoor clothing are, are good for people to look at? Oh man, it's, that's probably too mo- crazy of a question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It depends on the, the item. Um, yeah. but I mean, really, I really, I would just say any of any of a reputable, I mean, Mar- uh, Marmot, Mountain Hardware, Arcteryx, Patagonia, North Face, you know, they're, they're all good brands and they, you know, a lot of them have gone mass market, down market. Some of them have policies that don't align with hunting and I wouldn't personally advocate supporting them if you're putting your hunting dollars into it, you know, things like that, but they're all making really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, like pa- uh, Patagonia Cain is just a time-tested, amazing base layer. Right. And if they have zip boffs or not, but for example, that'd be a great one to go. Mm-hmm. Um, although, again, they're a non hunting brand. Um, you know, our stuff, I'd use a lot of it. One of my favorite little mid, if it's truly cold, I'll bring a, a down vest mm-hmm. and I'll, between my base layer and my mid layer, or my base layer mid layer. And that adds a ton of warmth. And that thing is like six ounces and unbelievably warm. Um, and you're not going to get quality from any of the hunting manufacturers. So, yeah, little things like that. I mean, any any proven reputable one. I don't – it'd be so hard for me to give people a few because it's like 20
1: on the market that are yeah. something I'd buy. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I think that I about think wraps it, huh?
0: I think that's mostly it. It's the gear, the system guys are going for. And the last thing I would say oh, on these the big three quote, and there's many more hunting camel companies in the big three, the majority of guys are going to end up there. Um, is that there's a different fit for each one? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, first light has traditionally been a little more boxy, a little more straight up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuyu Sitka have been a bit, a bit more, uh, you know, fitting. I'd say Sitka is usually the most Kuyu's in the middle, and first light is the most boxy. Mm-hmm. So don't get your ego in a wad or buy just because you like the colors. Like, go try them on, see what fits you. Because at the end of the day, fit is one of the most important things. Because if you're Remember, the whole premise of the thing is insulation. It's trapping air. So if you've got a huge bulky thing that doesn't properly, and likewise, if it's too tight, you're stuffed into it, not even any air to insulate. So go try your brand. Go try a few different sizes. Make those big decisions, and then then you can really get surgical about what pieces you're getting. And uh, your best of all, this you could probably still pick up some good used stuff. Right. Because right? the guy's... Although it's not, it's weird. It's not really a good deal on used hunting gear tends to retain its value. So mm. yeah, you never know. Yeah.
1: Cool. I think that's yeah. a great way to end. And then, uh, unless there's anything else we missed. Uh, I think that's
0: it. I think that's the overview. And if guys, you know, as always can reach out and ask it some specific questions, I love to go back and forth on this. And that's yeah. also how I get a lot of these perspectives is I have good friends or people that reach out that give me their review, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something that's really good for me to know.
1: Yeah. And then we also, we want to feature, uh, we want to kick off an additional series uh, beyond the gear prep series for 2021, where we actually do a live coaching session, or I'll say Baxter will do a live coaching session. I'll jump in where I can. And uh, with a hunter who's maybe has one season or maybe two seasons under their belt. Uh, I'd say maybe one, so maybe I can be on their level, so to speak, but, uh, yeah. So if you're listening, you got one season of elk hunting under your belt and you want to improve and you would love a live coaching session or discussion conversation and want to come on the podcast, uh, shoot us an email and, uh, we'll be reading a few of those and picking some out and who knows, we might kick off a series of it. We might just do it once depending on your guys' feedback, if you like it, but, uh, yeah, send us an email if you want to come on the show. Yeah. And at BaxterBowman.com,
0: there's a contact form. It's easy to get in touch. Um, no big deal. And we're, you know, to clarify even more too, we, what we don't want to do is someone on and have them ask, you know, what's the best layering system for me? Because right? you're like, well, we did a whole podcast on that, but but also like, hey, I'm thinking about these three layers and this is my system and this is how I'm trying to do it. And I think that's why it'd be great to get someone a year or two of experience because then they've they've already kind of run through the basics. Really just trying to perfect the game you know how do i sneak on this elk in this situation we'll get you know, some cool cool stories
1: that will help us all learn to become better hunters mm-hmm. or yeah someone who can share like oh last season this is what i went through this is what went well This is what didn't where do you think i could yeah. prep and whatnot but uh totally i know you're out there you guys all email me so <laughs> uh, i'd love to talk to you in person man it'd be fun yeah don't be shy we are friendly <laughs> uh, generally <laughs> cool awesome. well uh we'll catch you next week and thanks for listening